0: A couple weeks ago I read about a study done by some German researchers. They gave people a task that would take about five minutes long. But they found out that if they said just a couple words to the people before they took the task, they could shave off over a minute of time It took between three and four minutes instead of five minutes. What were the words that they said? Good luck. Surprising, but the interpretation that was given to that was it activated a superstitious belief that gave them confidence for the task. Now, the person I was reading who was commenting on this study had a different interpretation. He simply said, God has designed us to give and receive encouragement. We've been created in a way to give and receive encouragement. And the Apostle Paul picks this up at the end of this letter to the Romans where his readers are encouraged to give encouragement to one another through the word to build each other up, to use care with our speech, to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us. A little backdrop here. In the early church, a couple groups of people were often at odds. Some wanted to hold on to the old traditions of not eating certain foods and worshiping on certain days. And then there is another group that said we are free in Christ. Foods are clean. We can worship on different days. And one group would criticize and complain and the other group would be condescending and cutting down and it wasn't pretty. So Paul is saying that on things that God's neither commanded or forbidden now. (laughs) Build each other up. Don't tear each other down. Encourage one another with the scriptures. Unfortunately, the same criticism And cut-downs and condescension and crab and complaining goes on today. I'll just give a couple things like a heated voters meeting, an angry discussion in a hallway, an email that's written in anger, a Facebook post that shames somebody from the church, a confrontation in the church parking lot. criticizing, cutting down, complaining, condescending, tearing people down, the Apostle Paul says, stop it. Build each other up, welcome one another, encourage each other with God's Word. Now, we have a lot of different ways that we can encourage people. When my wife has a number of nights in a row that are difficult at work, I can leave a rose on her desk. We can write a handwritten note and send it in the mail. Those aren't done too often anymore. We could put something on Facebook, send a text message, pat somebody in the back, all sorts of different ways. But the Apostle Paul here talks about the encouragement of the Scriptures to use God's Word, the Bible, in a way that builds people up. Martin Luther once said, that he's taken to the practice of reading through the whole Bible twice a year. And he sees the Bible like a mighty tree and all the little branches as the words. And he so wants to shake those branches to see what it says and what it means. Now you don't have to read through the Bible twice a year. Even just a few minutes each day will bring you encouragement. Reading God's word brings you into the very presence of God. And in this scriptures, you will find so many encouraging words. Of course, the most encouraging words take us straight to Jesus. Early in the book of Romans, Paul simply says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can't get much more encouragement than that. We didn't deserve it. God should have sent us away, but in his love, he gave us Jesus. And we are right with him again. Or can you imagine what it would have been like to be back there with the disciples when they heard Jesus say, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I have authority to take it back up again. Well, when you open this word it's as if you are right back there the first time he spoke those. He's speaking them to you just as he spoke them to the disciples. Or when Martha, Martha is grieving over Lazarus' death, Jesus says to her I'm the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though you die, yet you will live again. He's speaking those words of hope to you, too. Encouraging words from God's word. What is that hope? Just turn to the words from Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Whoa. Want some encouragement? Turn to those words. An inheritance. As Christ rose from the dead, you will too. That inheritance is kept for you, unfading, undefiled, imperishable. So many encouraging words. And we live in a time, in a place where we need encouraging words, not just in the church when there's disagreement, but just any day. In preparing for this message, I took a look at the internet news and post dispatch and a few things on Facebook, and here's a quick list discouraging news. I came across one article that says there's a coming train wreck for older adults. For some reason, I'm starting to pay more attention to those headlines. What's the train wreck? Well, many older adults when they reach retirement realize they have to work longer because they don't have enough in retirement for how long they might live. The unfortunate thing is there are fewer and fewer jobs for people that age. That's the train wreck. Of course, then there was uh, Orlando. Terrorism. Mass shootings and the inevitable blame game that goes on afterwards is who should have prevented this. We're in a political season buried under mountains of negativity. I follow a blog for a pastor's wife down in Texas, and she's made it a personal cause to expose and fight the sex trafficking industry in Houston. We may be insulated from this, but hundreds of thousands of people are sold into slavery, sex slavery, in the United States alone. That's disturbing. I read about a pastor who's struggling with depression, how teenagers, teenagers will go to the internet for 95% of their advice rather than their dad, and that 22 veterans each day commit suicide. Well, that was just out there that you can always turn inside the church and you got scandals, uh, not enough money, empty pews, whole generations missing, fighting that goes on, made fun of in television, uh, movies, laws that are being enacted that have put us on the defensive. <laughs> we need an encouraging word. But not just any encouraging word. Encouraging word from Scripture. So as I was looking at all those headlines, I also went to my Facebook feed and decided to look for some encouraging words. And there they were. One put up simply, O oh, praise the greatness of our God. A simple reminder, in the midst of all that discouraging news, we still have a great God. Another put up by the, in your presence there is fullness of joy, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And reminded me, at your right hand, who's at God's right hand? <laughs> Jesus. Pleasures forevermore in our Savior. And this one came from a pastor who's working in an urban setting. It's tough ministry. Two steps back for every step forward. He put this up. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, God says. That is why, Paul says, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and hardship and insults and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In the midst of all that discouraging news, when we are weak, God is strong. people on the internet using God's Word to encourage me. I remember a time a number of years back when I needed the encouragement of God's Word. I'd been sick for a couple weeks, And on a Saturday morning, I woke up, and the pain in my lower back was radiating down my leg and up through the upper back, and I simply said to my wife, Sue, you need to take me to the emergency room. So we went to the emergency room and waited for the doctor, and then the doctor poked and prodded and said, oh yeah, that's the spot right there. Sent me for an x-ray, and we waited and waited, and finally he came back with the x-ray, and he simply said to me, there's a mass on your kidney. He said, we don't know what it is yet. We have to do another scan with special dyes to be able to determine what this mass really is. But there's not a technician here today, so we'll do it tomorrow morning and bring you the results sometime tomorrow. Now think about that. You've just heard the words, a mass on your kidney, and you have to spend the whole evening and much of the next day waiting for the results. What do you think I was feeling at that moment? Anxiety. Anxiety. Uncertainty. Anybody got another word? Fear. So I sent, I sent my wife Sue home and asked her to bring my personal Bible back. And that was an evening in which I spent in the Psalms Just reading what the writers of the Psalms had put down about fear and uncertainty and anxiety and worry and the promises of God that are attached to them. Sue brought me God's word, and God's word encouraged me. I have an assignment for you. That's what this this handout is all about. It has three Bible passages on it. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a word of encouragement. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful words of encouragement. He never abandons us. Fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here's what I want you to do. You see the dotted lines? I want you to take it home and I want you to cut it into thirds. Three Bible passages. Keep one of them. Put it in your Bible, on your nightstand, on your refrigerator, somewhere handy when you need a word of encouragement. And give the other two away. Put it on somebody's desk. Slip it in a book. Hand it to them. Send it in an email. Give it away. Because we now live in a time where people need encouragement. I came across the poster. It said this. Be an encourager. The world has enough critics already. And then I came across another one that said, be kind. Everyone you meet is going through a hard battle. Be an encourager. And use God's Word to build each other up. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all our understanding fill our hearts and our minds with the encouragement of God's Word to be encouragers of one another. Amen.